I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Crypto Setup Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shimanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour. Too sweet to be sour. Angel Ortega, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this big boys. You see 297 fight week ongoing. Sean Strickland might stab a man, but hopefully the main event will go on. Uh, we got a bunch of news as always. Uh, two fantastic sponsors of the show to go ahead and quickly mention Rogue Energy. Andy looks at Rogue Energy. Hits me the finish line no matter where I'm at. Whether I'm at home, whether I'm at the gym, they get me there. And uh, Or whether I'm, on, I'm cleaning off my fucking car because I live in Kansas and it won't stop snowing. Uh, so, yeah, they help me out there. Uh, Elixir, though, whenever I want to chill out, have a nice night, maybe play some Baldur's Gate, I'm going to take it in the Elixir Delta 8, and you can get 10% off of them with code SOUNDOFF at checkout. Code SOUNDOFF at checkout for both Rogue Energy and Elixir.com. Uh, look, Angel, before we go ahead and break into UC 297, we got UC Vegas 84 to go over. Once again, going down to the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, in the main event, ranked light heavyweights, man. Magomed Ankalai scoring a second round knockout win over Johnny Walker, just annihilating his nose with the uppercut on the, on the mat, man. Uh, uh, you know, admittedly, this is kind of the fight I feel like most people were looking for out of Magomed Ankalaev. He's had a couple of weird ones lately. He gets the knockout win pretty damn dominant. What did you make of it? I mean, this this is kind of what we both expected. I I, I don't think there was much shock here. Uh, rough one for Johnny Walker, obviously. Um, dude, it was brutal, right? Like he, that that follow up shot on the ground was <laughs> was rough. I was like, damn, that that had a little. That had a little, uh, what's the word for it? A little something behind it, you know, a little mm-hmm. vigor. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, that he had a little something on that. He took, he took out the anger of, like, two years out on Johnny Walker's fucking nose on Saturday Night, man. I mean, that was that was what we were looking for in terms of a dominant win. Um, afterwards, he called out Alex Vejea. I think he's not going to get that fight. Definitely not next. I feel like Jamal Hill... Um, from what we've heard now, we've got we've gotten a little bit more clarity from like his manager, you know, um, over the last week or two. He said that Jamal's gonna be back in the springtime, so maybe Bahia Jamal Hill UC three hundred. I think that's that's more than likely gonna happen. Bit of a shame for Magomed Ankalai that'll have to wait. But uh, do you think a Bahia fight will be next for him, or do you think you want to see him potentially fight another contender in the meantime? Um, I think it's just dependent. Like if Jamal Hill is ready to go by the time the UFC wants or needs Alex Bahia to fight. Then mm-hmm. you have Magomed Ankalaev there as an option. If that'll be Jamal, Jamal Hill, like I mean, basically what you explained. I think it's just depending on how things kind of work out and by the timeline that Jamal Hill is ready's back. It's gonna be a combination of Jamal Hill's return and then when the UFC wants or needs Pahe to fight, if they need someone to be you know the headline for a main event, especially now that Pahe's uh, when he's kind of a star in the UFC right now, right? He's not a superstar, right? You know, like, this is something we brought up in the past where we talked about the UFC. We kind of use the NBA comparison where you have like. You know, you have stars, and then you have superstars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you, and then you got all stars. <laughs> uh, but but regardless, though, you, you know what I mean, though. There's there's all these kind of little tiers, and he's kind of getting up there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. He is getting up there, and he's becoming a massive star, man. Um, and the ease of which he's done it too is just it's just crazy. Um, but. I don't know, man. Uh, in terms of Magwin Ankalaev, I still think he's a future champion. I still think he's a guy that when he puts his skill set together, uh, he's going to be very tough for anybody to beat. Uh, at that same time, though, man, Alex is a monster. And I, I'm really excited to see that Jamal Hill fight coming up. But admittedly, coming out of this fight, I don't have a whole lot to really say about it. Um, solid one. Wasn't that surprised? I do want to talk about that co-main event, though, man, because we got a little bit more clarity about Jim Miller and his future in the co-main event. Jim Miller... Gabriel is putting on a show, man, back and forth for a fair bit. In the end, Jim Miller just takes over near to the stretch, like down the stretch. Those body shots played massive dividends throughout. In the end, in the end, he ends up getting a submission win in the third face crank. Angel, Jim Miller, five wins in his last six. The one loss was a short notice one against Alexander Hernandez. And now, he's called for UC 300. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of spoiling it here. We're supposed to talk about it later, but Jim Miller. 
Bobby Green at UFC 300. That fight is now official. What did you make about uh, Jim Miller, A-10, getting the win? Uh, not drawing Brock Lesnar for UFC 300, but uh, what do you what do you think, man? It's disappointing, right? Disappointing. No, I mean, look, uh, they threw me for a loop. I did not expect Bobby Green. I think Bobby Green is a, I think it's good. I think it's great. Uh, I thought we were going to maybe go Matt Brown. Uh, maybe they could have pulled Joe Lowe's on somehow. But definitely did not think they were going to go the Bobby Green round. But I think good for Bobby and good, good for Jim Miller. Good for both those guys. It, honestly, it's a dub for both these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, same page here. And also Jim Miller, I know some people want to see Matt Brown, some people want to see Paul Felder, and, you know, same too. I, I really think Paul Felder should come back for one. At the same time, I also kind of want him to stop waffling on if he's going to come back for one or not. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, just just do it or don't, man. Uh, but, I know, dude. He's yeah. fucking honey-dicking us, dude. He really, he dude, he loves honey-dicking us. And I'm not sure if he, like, if he actually is meaning to or if he's not, but, like, I don't know. Since the second Paul Fellows retired, he's been talking about coming back. He even entered the USADA pool. He said he was going to fight at UC 300 in a media day, like after the – not at media day, at the post press conference, and they asked him about it. I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. It's like, man, you got to make up your mind, bro. So that's probably why he lost out on the fight. Uh, but, yeah, Jim Miller, he deserves a ranked opponent. I think that fight is in is great. I saw some people like, oh, you know, Jim, he deserves more of a veteran his age. It's like, man, do you know how long Bobby Green's been around, brother? Like <laughs> – Right. Like Bobby Green's an OG of the game. He's around the same age. It's perfect matchmaking. Perfect matchmaking. And you see, three hundred man. It's we wanted to see Jim Miller have it. I, I was pretty worried. I don't know why they booked this fight so close to UC three hundred, but in the end, it worked out. So excited to see that one. As far as the rest of this card goes, man, um, what are some of these fights from UC Vegas eighty four that you really want to talk about? Dude, we we talked about him in, in the pre-show. Funny enough, well, not in the pre-show. We we're talking. About, well, we did talk about him in the pre-show. We talked about the pre-show and in the green room. Joshua Van Josh. I mean, from the moment he arrived at the UFC, coming in on short notice, breaking my heart, beating Zalayasa Magulov. Uh, he's just looked good. Like he's so young and he looks this fucking good already. I mean, I, I might be early, but I I want to believe that at one point in time we'll see this kid fight for a title. Hmm. Being, what is it, 20, 20 years old, 21, like insanely young and looking this good. And obviously he had some adversity in this one. He had, you know, he had to work through some stuff and get the victory. But in the end, he got his hand raised. And if he continues down this patch off, I mean, the sky's the limit of them. Especially the division that's full of young 125ers, mm-hmm. Tatsu Tyra, Muhammad Makayev, and now Joshua Van, and, you know, more on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... The thing about flyweight is, man, and I've said this for a while, like, of the divisions, you know, maybe maybe lightweight has has the bigger stars, right? Maybe maybe, maybe light heavyweight. They got some contenders. We just talked about Mong Bank, Live, Jamal Hill, all that stuff, right? But, dude, flyweight, there's something going on at flyweight, man. I don't know what it is, but just, dude, there's some fucking dogs, and they're all young, too. Joshua Van Legman, he's 22 years old, Um, just turned 22, uh, 22 like, two months ago as well. Three wins in the UFC, and that kid is the fucking future. But he's not the only one, man. I mean, we got our our boy, undefeated one. Obviously, I can't like uh, I don't know his name's literally uh, slipping me right now. But we talk about him literally all the time. Uh, Muhammad Makayev, um, an absolute dog. Another young guy, you know. Tatsuru Tara, another guy, very young, around like twenty year, twenty one, twenty two. Another young dog, dude. So, um, yeah, man, just flyweight is popping right now. Joshua Van is the fucking future. And he's a guy at flyweight, too, that has some rare power, too, which is the mo- which is one of the more fun parts about it. Um, so love to see that. Um, in terms of the rest of UFC Vegas 84, you know, uh, Weston Wilson, I-, I hate to say this, but I said this on Twitter, you know, and I even said this before his last UFC fight and right after he got signed, might be the worst, least qualified fighter to come to the UFC to- in-, in-, in some time. You know, um, and that showed. I mean, he got absolutely battered by by Jean Sylvia in uh, their their fight on Saturday. Lost in the first round. So that was that was tough to see. That was very tough to see, man. Um, oh come on, know. Josh, you didn't do that bad. <laughs> no, he got his ass kicked, man. I mean, this is just this is just got fuck, man. You know, I don't I don't like to shit on fighters, but I mean, 
I said, man, he's 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 not qualified to be in the UFC. Let's that's just be nice about it. Uh, Marcus McGee, dude, that somebody who is qualified to be in the UFC. That motherfucker is the real deal. Holyfield, man, uh, the maniac got the short notice fight, I believe, last year. Now he's three and zero in the UFC. All wins coming by way of finish. Now, granted, competition's not that great. Journey Newsome, JP buys R.I.P. Rest in peace. Uh, Gaston Bolanos, uh, who we beat on Saturday. None of those guys are very UFC caliber, but he's getting rid of them in the fashion that you would expect of like a guy who is for real to do, you know, uh, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, man, Bruno Fajaya picking up a knockout winner, Phil Haas. Phil Haas' uh, brain is like, fuck this shit at this point. Um, Mario Bautista picking up well, Yeah, winner. Josh, you broke down crying in the octagon, you asshole. It, it was brutal. It was brutal, dude. It was actually brutal, you know. Um, you wanted to give the man a hug, dude. That's how fat you felt. Yeah, I did. I wanted, I wanted to come to his aid, you know. Uh, Poor guy, man. Uh, you know who's a poor guy? Andre Arlovsky. The pit bull. Days out from his 45th birthday. Lost his third fight in a row. Uh, what'd you make about Walter's, Waldo Cortez Acosta mocking Arlovsky in that fight? Part of the game, man. It sucks. I mean, I know I know Arlovsky's a legend, but, I mean, it's part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, I thought it was some bitch shit because, uh, you know, you can't. You are, I mean, come on, you can't, you are the guy going to a decision with a 45-year-old Andre Arlovsky. It's, it's a bad look. I'll put it like that. Uh, no, Arlovsky's a sure. dog, though, bro. Arlovsky's a dog, but he's 40, he's about to be 45 years old and got knocked out by Don Tail Mays. So it's like, I'd love to I see you do better against Andre Arlovsky, Josh. You're right. I could not do better against Andre Arlovsky. I'm not a fighter, though. I'm not the one mocking him and being like, oh, you fucking suck, dude. You're, oh, you know, like, it's like, dude, you also kind of suck, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just funny. It's just funny, that's all. Do we know what he was actually saying? Do we have an official quote by any chance? Uh, I haven't seen anything. I have not seen anything. But he was he was mocking him throughout it, you know? And then after the fight was over. And that's what I didn't like. That's what I didn't like, uh, was mocking him after the fight was over. I think it's all it's all fair, and you know, during, during the fight. But, you know, mocking a legend like that. Near the end, I, I just didn't like that, you know. But that's just that's just that's just who I am. You know. Uh, same time, um, still a good win for him. Moves to eleven and one. As far as this UFC Vegas eighty four card goes, man, any uh, any closing thoughts on it before we go ahead and move on? No, man, it felt kind of nice getting back to routine. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily the best card, but it definitely wasn't a bad card either. I think it got me through this week to get to the pay per view. Which, look, the pay-per-view in and of itself as a whole isn't fully strong, but I think there's plenty of fights that will be – that I'm looking forward to. There, there's a lot of fights that I'm looking forward to, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be uh, – yeah, man, it was a solid card. For the, for the first card of the year, it wasn't anything too crazy, but it was nice. But it's nothing compared to UC 297 going down this Saturday night from the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, I said it at the top of the pod, man. Uh, Sean Strickland said he would stab Drikus Duplessis if he if he talked about his uh, father during fight week. So we'll see if we'll see if the fight is happening by the time this podcast comes out on Friday night. Uh, but as of now, man, um, currently set to go ahead. <laughs> we know we know we know the stakes here, man. Uh, Sean Strickland won the title in September with an all-time performance against Israel Adesanya. Uh, Drikus Duplessis still knocks the real South African fighter. Uh, defeated Robert Whitaker back in July in a middleweight title eliminator to earn this uh, title opportunity. Um, look, man, two guys on the rise. I don't think, you know, if he would have gone back and said, you know, two years ago, or even just last year, last January, he would have told me, hey, Sean Strickland and Drake Stuplessis are going to fight for the UFC title. I thought you were fucking crazy. But, yeah, here we are, man. Uh, what do you think of this matchup? Five rounds for the middleweight gold. I'm excited, man. I, mean, I, I, I can see passive victory for both guys. Uh, this fight will be very telling for Drikus, very telling for Sean as far as I think how his championship tenure will go to an extent. Uh, you know, a while back, and I mean, I'll, I'll admit it on the show, I, I, I said I think that Sean at best in this division has one title defense. Uh, who that one title defense will be though, we'll find out. Is it going to be Drikus or is it going to not? Um, in this fight, I think as far as Drikus, you know, who's the challenger, you know, we got to talk about him plenty, but 
We're going to see, is the cardio, you know, was it the nose? Is the cardio finally fixed? Uh, is he going to be able to go five rounds? Because we know Sean's going to be there all five rounds. We don't know for a fact if Sean uh, or if Drinkus uh, will be. You know, that, that that's a big question in the air. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, kind of uh, if, I think in, for Sean Strickland to be like, how is Sean going to do now that he's the champ? Is he going to be able to rise to the moment? Is he going to be able to deal with this pressure? Because like he might have been able to do it that first time, but how's it going to be the second time when he's the one holding the title and he has this guy who's hungry and is in a way him now, you know, wanting to take that away. You know, he's going to be in that uh, in that position, and uh, and that's a whole another different level of pressure rather than being the challenger. Because look, Sean Strickland could have gone in there with Izzy and, and lost, and it would have been perfectly fine. But Sean Strickland going in there now as a as a champion. And losing is going to be way different than than before. You know, it's it's a different playing field now. Everybody's gunning for him. Everybody's studying him. Everybody's trying to figure out what's what his weaknesses are. Now, any little mistake that Sean can possibly create, everything will be exposed if there is any to expose. Uh, look, I I've been I've been back and forth this all week. I like I said, I think there's a path to victory. Sean Strickland, which is lots of pressure using his stand up, using his shoulder roll. And, uh, you know, getting, you know, getting on Drikus, keeping Drikus on the back foot. And when, when he asked the when he has the opportunity to sit on his punches and, you know, let Drikus know that he does have, you know, maybe he doesn't have that power that Drikus has, but if he sits down and, on his punches, he's capable of, you know, rattling him a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Drikus, I mean, for him, I think, let's see the conditioning, you know, I, I, I is, is it there, you know, and on top of that, Kind of, are you going to be able, are you going to try to stand up with Sean or are you going to use a lot of, uh, are you trying to use this ground game? You know, cause I, I mean, I'll say it here and I'll, and I'll say it openly. Uh, Trigus is a weight bully, man. It's, it's no secret. I remember back in KSW, Richard Solodich, who is now signed to one, talked about this. You know, he, he said mm-hmm. that when he fought Trigus initially, you know, he knew that Trigus was strong. He was powerful. And, and for that first fight, Roberts said that he actually decided to put on a little extra weight. If you, uh, put on some extra muscle, he could, he would need it. And ended up being his downfall in that fight. And then the second time around, when he when he came back to fight Drikus, he got rid of some of that muscle, came in a little lighter, and ended up working for him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's 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 that too. But Josh, I I I I'll be giving you my pick now. I think I've said enough. I'm picking the real African champion, Josh. <laughs> Drikus Duplessis. I think he gets it done. And new. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, man, I, I've been very back and forth in this fight. I could see how you can how you can pick still knocks to get it done, man. Um, for me, I still have a lot of negative, like not you know, not really negative, but a lot of questions uh, about Drikus Duplessis, man. I mean, he's a guy that obviously he beat Whitaker. He's beaten some older dogs in Derek Brunson, right? Um, I feel like this is his, honestly, it's gonna sound weird. I feel like this is his first real test where we're gonna get to see a lot of Drake's Duplessis. It's gonna sound, I know that sounds a little bit weird because you've seen him have fights going to the third round and so on and so forth. But man, this is five rounds, first five rounder, uh, first main event, you know what I mean? So on and so forth. And I gotta be honest, man, I was never a guy who thought Sean Strickland was gonna make it to the summit, I, the, the top. I never thought he was gonna make it to, uh, championship glory. But now that he's here, I think if there's one guy he can beat for that one tile defense, like you said, I think it's going to be Drikus Duplessis, man. I think you have a guy who is getting winded in two-round fights. And yes, I know, he got his nose surgery. Don't worry. But I I find it very hard to believe that it was just his nose that was making him gas out horrifically after two rounds. Um, and everybody said, that, oh, we got it fixed. He looked like a new man out there, you know. It's like, But even then, that Whitaker fight got finished at the start of the second round, man. Um Sean has an incredible chin. He has the ability to go for five. And I also think he's going to be very defensively competent. I think this fight could head to the mat. I think it'd be interesting to see what Drikus does there. I, I think he maybe he'll show – D1 Drikus will show up on Saturday. Who knows? Um, we won't need D1 Drikus, Josh, because we'll have 100% oxygen intake. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I don't know why I didn't think about that. I, I Fuck, dude. I shouldn't be doubting his nose and his oxygen intake. Uh, you know, jokes aside, I think Strickland's going to get it done. I, I think he, I could see him getting a late finish. Or winning by decision, um, I think, you know, I, don't, I think I think he's going to be very defensively competent. I think Drake is going to have to be. I don't know, man. I, I'm very I'm very puzzled why he's uh, why so many people are riding with him. Honestly, can you can you give me your 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 reasoning for riding with Drake this weekend? 
dude, it, it, it's it's something that uh, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on to myself, but it's like, it's the fact that he's been there every single time, and people have doubted him, called them bad, some of the fights have looked rough, but even then, he still finds a way to make it through somehow. He has power. I mean, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. He has power. Uh, you can definitely sit on his punches and cause some damage. That's that's the other thing, too. It's not like Sean has an uncrackable chin, you know. I, I, he does have a good chin. But it's, he's been knocked out before, and I think it could happen again. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I don't know, man. I just don't think he's going to be able to land the big... I, here's the way I look at it. I don't think... Very different fighters, right? Dreek is coming forward. He's a big... He's a, he's a brawling brute. Uh, he goes in there, and he fucking... I also don't think Sean yeah. would be let to dictate the fight like yeah. he did in the Izzy fight, which is the other big thing to me. I think yeah. Sean th- – I mean if Sean is able to thrive in his environment or is allowed to be in his environment, he will thrive. Yeah. On top of that too, what a, something we haven't brought up, but one of Sean Strickland's worst enemies potentially in fighting is – and coaches – it's himself. Yeah. Sean, you know, they had a completely different game plan. Granted, it ended up paying off in the end, you know, so no hate there. But – you know, that's something that uh, Eric Nixick talked about. You know, their their game plan going to the Izzy fight was not at all what happened on that night. Granted, in the end, it still ended up paying off. Mm. It's kind of like, I wonder, you know, is Sean going to stick to the game plan against Drikus? You know, is, there, is he even going to even consider that to, in any capacity? Like, what, you know, like... What's going to happen, you know, when things maybe aren't going his way for once? What is going to happen when he's not dictating how he wants to fight? I think that's another thing. I I know Drikus will not allow – I think, and I, I want to believe this. I don't know this for a fact. I think Drikus won't allow Sean to dictate kind of the fight like Sean did against Izzy. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think that's – you make a lot of good points there, man. And I also think one of the bigger things is part of the reason why Sean was able to dictate the fight against Izzy is because of that fucking monster right hand he landed in a right one. And from that point onward, Izzy just couldn't get back into it, man, like mentally and physically. But Granted, to play devil's advocate there, too, yeah. though, Izzy yeah. did rally back in the following round, though. He did, in round two and round three. I remember I gave him both round two and round three. So, But even then, it just looked he wasn't mentally there. He wasn't able to find the shot. And I don't think... If a guy like Izzy, who's a fucking complete sniper, one of the greatest strikers we've ever seen, I don't think if he can't find the opening across 25 minutes, I don't think Drake is strolling in there and throwing bombs like Donkey Kong. I don't think he's going to be able to find it. You know what I mean? I mean, Styles make fights, though. Izzy, do, Izzy, yeah. didn't, you know, Izzy didn't try to go for a double leg or anything. Granted, that's not Izzy's style, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that, would, that, would, yeah. that could potentially open Sean up, you know? Going, yeah. going for a single, going for a double, going against the cage, cage wrestling. And granted... I don't, we haven't really fully seen Sean's wrestling and grappling truly, and I mean truly, since his return from his accident. Because the Sean Strickland that fought before his accident versus Sean Strickland and now are two completely different guys. His style changed. Now, granted, I don't know if that was because he just wanted to make a style change or if that was because of his accident forced him to fight a different way. You know, that that's something that I've ever heard other people talk about. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, is is there something there to that? You know, will we see something there? Will someone finally discover something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you make a lot of good points. That's largely why I am 50-50 on this fight. Like, I I, I do think that Trikis could absolutely pull it off, 100%. He could catch Sean. You know, if for all I know, he's fucking, like I said, he'll go D1 Trikis out there and just, Pull on, put on a clinic. 100%, 100% oxygen intake. Yeah, and a big part of that, just because he's so unknown. Like like I said, like we we he's had some high-level fights. There's not a doubt about that. Um, I would never say that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, he went, you know, just over a round with Whitaker. You know, he, he beat Brunson. That fight was very back and forth for two rounds, you know, till another case. Finished early in the third. Didn't get to see a whole lot beyond him just... Those two just winging shots because every single time he fights a guy, it just turns into a fucking a crazy war, you know? Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think there's still a lot of unknowns at the top level. But, man, at the end of the day, though, he's still got it done every time. That's exactly why it's it's hard to pick against him. The big thing for me, honestly, is what kind of Sean Strickland is going to show up. I think if he shows up confident, you know, um, 
in a, what, in the what, right what is the game plan from both of these guys, right? I think that, that is like the big question mark, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I think if I if I were Eric Nixick, I would I would be trying to develop a game plan, putting Drigas on the back foot, you know, instantly putting him back, trying to either force a shot out of him, depending on if he wants to take it to the mat, or even just going going to the body a lot, draining that gas tank. I know that we've heard, oh, we only had eight percent oxygen in tank, which I'm not sure how <laughs> he's even alive if that's the case. But <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, his O2 could, stats were like fifty percent, dude. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's just like fuck, dude. If he, I read it because he had eight percent was what his coach said, and it's like, I feel like you'd be dead if that were the case. Like your brain can't survive with that little oxygen. But that's besides the point. That's I'm not a doctor. Um, but regardless, man. I mean, I think Sean. I, if I were Sean, I'd try and drain on that gas tank, man. Um, I think they probably got a gas, like a, probably got a game plan around that idea, just being active, moving forward, trying to make Drake make mistakes. The same exact time, I know that that's really what Drikas' his camps could do too. They're like, hey, go forward, land some big shots on this motherfucker, make him feel your power early, you know, and probably find a, probably find a, you know, find the right pace for them, you know, because I don't think Drikas and his team are delusional enough to think that they can get out Sean that easily. You know what I mean? They, like, they, they, they have, they, they're good at game planning. They, they are. Yeah. I mean, they, they game planned very well for Robert Whitaker. I can't remember what it was, but I think they found out that Robert had been dropped. From that specific stance, is he, is he, that is he in shot, yeah, yeah, and and it wasn't even the just fight, but in multiple fights that had occurred, and then yeah. they were able to re- recreate that. I think it happened. Well, Wonder Boy, uh, the Izzy fight, and there was another fight too. I think where, where I believe it happened. Yeah, yeah, and and so they they definitely have a great game plan, and that's kind of the fun thing is both these camps are phenomenal. It's just getting their fighters to execute, honestly. I mean, Drake is a wild man, and Sean is fucking crazy. So um, he's he's in his own world. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, final predictions. You and I split down the middle on this one, starting off twenty twenty four the right way, baby. Fucking split. Oh uh, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. But who knows? We may split on this Coleman event too, brother. I mean, I've, I've been back and forth on it, dude. Yeah, it's the real people's main event. Ra- yeah, Ra- Raquel Pennington, Rocky, riding a five-fight winning streak in her second title shot, taking on Shitara, Myra Bueno Silva, riding a four-fight unbeaten streak. Uh, last submitted Holly Holm in July in a fight that was overturned due to her testing's positive uh, for a banned substance. They said fuck it, gave her the title shot anyway. Uh, what do you think about this fight, man? I thought I thought Juliana Pena. You know, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge fan of the Venezuelan Vixen, but I thought she put this fight really well. She said uh, it's it's Shitara versus a block of wood, and they're basically fighting for an interim title because <laughs> nobody cares. By the way, you know who Shitara is? Who? Do you know Do you know who Shitara is? No. Uh, it's it's a character from the Thundercats. Oh, that that makes it even funnier. I was just wondering. I didn't. I didn't know if you knew. I did not know. I mean, I knew the name sounded familiar, but my bad. Though. But uh, what do you what do you think? Make about this one, man. It's uh, it's it's definitely a title fight. I, I like it. I I think it'll be. I think it'll end up being a good fight. Like Myra Winter Silva has delivered. You know, like I think we have to be honest about that. Like ever since she's been in the UFC, you know, I think she has. She's done her due. You know, she's come out giving us great fights. Clearly, the weight change has been good. Uh, granted, is that because of the weight or is that because of other reasons? <laughs> no, just kidding. But, uh. <laughs> what are you trying to imply there, Angel? What are you trying to imply? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Um, ADHD in medicine, man. You know how it'd be. <laughs> regardless, though, um, Rocky, dude, man, I, you know what's crazy? I felt like it had been forever since we had seen Raquel Pennington. Because it has, it's been oh, it's been we're going on over a year now. It was the Caitlyn Vieira fight. I did not know it had been that long. I'm a little, I'm a little sad that it's been that long. Granted, though, look at the state division. She's obviously had, yeah. you know, I think she, she and her partner had a child. Uh, I think they're going on their second one too. So obviously that's that's been, you know, t- I'm sure I'm sure that's taken up time and and that's a big part of our life right now, you know. And granted, you do could that play a factor into into the fight, you know, as well. Granted, it could it could also benefit her a really big motivator, yeah. right? Um, 
the fuck would rather the fact that it's been that long because look that that like three fight straight a stretch actually let's go for let's we can go to the Marion Renault fight Marion Renault Panic and Zad Mitchell Chase on Aspen Lad were pretty good those were all pretty good solid performances obviously the Caitlin Vieira Caitlin Vieira one did come with controversy people thought Caitlin Vieira should have got the nod in that one but granted though I have my issues with Caitlin Vieira personally because I feel like she could be she's a lot better than what she shows. Uh, mm-hmm. And regardless, I, I, at first touch, I can't do that. I was rocking Rocky all the way, but the fact that it's been that long, I, had, I think I got to change it. I think I got to go Myra Bonacelva on this one. Mm. That's fair. That's fair, dude. Um, makes a lot of sense. Here's where we're going to split again, man. Uh, oh, man, <laughs> I, I, I'm happy, dude. You know what's funny? This is going to be my original pick. I, ah. is, I I switched within the last few days. Just just so you know. Yeah, and what's funny is I've been going back and forth ever since the fight got announced. So I may even switch again by Saturday. And if I do, I'll fucking. By the way, if, if Rocky wins, it's a good feel good moment, right? Because she's on that win streak. She would finally capture that title. She gets to, you know, she finally gets her moment in division after losing. She's literally lost to the best of the division. That yeah. is, I mean, that's not even like going back, Josh, to like way back in the day in Invicta. Leslie Smith, Kat Zingano. Obviously, Jessica Andrade doesn't fight at this weight class, but Jessica Andrade, Holly Holm, Amanda Nunes, and by the mm-hmm. way, someone who's returning soon, the Iron Lady, GDR, Jermaine Duran and me. Oh, yeah. And Holly Holm. Like, she's <clears> literally <throat> fallen short to this division's best. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a pretty badass story. And here's the thing about Raquel Pennington, man. Like, this fight, let's just go ahead and call it for what it is. Nobody gives a flying fuck. I mean, I, I mean. I, you, I care, Josh. I, but care. even, but even, but even then, where would you say this fight ranks on your most excited? Of you were to rank the fights on the card. It's probably near the bottom, isn't it? It's probably, it's at least halfway through the middle. And it's a title fight. That's very rare to happen. I mean, you know what I mean? That- but hey, it's just, it's just and I'm not even trying. I'm not trying to be mean about it because yeah, I, I like both these I, women. You know. But Josh, that that's not because of the fighters, though. I think yeah. the issue is the state of the 135 division. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's never been worse than it is. I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen the division as bad as when 135 is right now, ever. But look, it has ever. Amanda. Amanda Nunes is gone. Yeah, and there's a chance for it to to build to build up and and become great. It's possible, yeah. I mean, it, it they'll need. Some they need it. They need a generational talent to come through. Because right now you have like Nunez is gone. Obviously Rousey's been gone for years. Home Tate, they're out the door. They're moving that in the right direction. You know what I mean? Um, you have Rocky, who's been a veteran for a long time. Mario Bueno Silva, who's just kind of on the rise, but she's not a big name either. She's thirty-two. Look, you like, got the three Brazilian queens. Let me let me just say, you, yep. got, you got you got the three Brazilian. Laid out for us. Yeah. Norma Demont, Caitlin Vieira. Mario Bueno said, I know now I know Norma Demont one forty-five never die. I don't know. But, I I don't know. She may have to chop something off to make 135, man. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm always a victim. <laughs> 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 but, but regardless, though, you know, when we're talking about, like, that that talent, though, to kind of get back on yeah. track as far as this yeah. around this division. And I threw Norma DeMond in there because we know she can make 135, potentially. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like, when we're talking about that younger talent, I mean, it's those three gals, you know? Like, Josh, when we're looking at this division, some of the other names in here, and and and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but yeah. it's like Julia Vila, Macy Chason, Fanny Kinzad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's you know Lucy Putalova. You know. I mean, I don't even. <laughs> yeah. It's it it is rough. Pick Jessica Rose Clark. Who I don't Chelsea even know Chandler. Who I don't even know if he's in the UFC. She is not. She is no longer in the UFC. I don't know. Like they they need to build up this division. So, and I think they are trying to. They have signed gals recently, like Arena Esquiva, Montserrat Rendon. Uh, who else off the top of my head? Melissa. Uh, Mullins, you know, there, there, uh, Liz- Lisboa, you know, there, there is gals that they're bringing in to build up this division. 
and, and and they don't even have that big of records at the same time though that this goes to show how many of these female fighters there are in this division globally uh you know it's 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 in a rough spot and hopefully the UFC can start you know signing some of these gals you know giving them opportunities building building them up and hopefully somehow some way uh, curating a star or, or making a superstar or, or pulling someone out of somewhere who could potentially bring some life into the division that doesn't have anything in it right now. And look for, for all, for as great as Amanda Nunes was, or it is still really, cause let's be honest, Amanda Nunes could come off her couch right now and fight on this card against either one of these gals and probably put a pretty damn good fucking performance. You, it's it's just tough, man. It's tough, and, and hopefully this division can get to a better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It, re- it really is, dude. I mean, like I said, I don't know if I've ever seen a division as bad as women's 135 is right now. Even women's 125, even though it was bad, you were able, like, years ago, we're like, okay, at least you had people like Macy Barber who were young. You know what I mean? You had, like, you had, like, you had an excuse for that division to be bad because it was so new, too. Women's 135 has been around for over a decade. And, like, you have women who are still fighting from when for Raquel Pennington was one of the OGs who came in to 135. And she's still fucking fighting. And all of that, she's finally, and it's a cool story because she's made to the top, but also you're like, damn, dude, there's been no talent come through significantly, like significant talent to come through in the last 10 years. Like, I not mean- that much. I mean, and, yeah. and and like we said, the relevant talent is literally the on the other side. You know, Myra Bonasilva. Silva, and, yeah. and and Raquel's previous opponent, Caitlin Vieira. Like, if we're talking yeah. like super super relevant for 135, it, it's those two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this is it's a bad division. But as far as the fight goes, you pick Myra Bonasilva. Silva. I'm taking Raquel Pennington. I think Rocky man. I think she's very she's very well rounded. Um, I think she's not going to get caught in stuff. She's not been submitted in a decade, man. Um. And since her, since her, you know, literally her fifth pro fight against Kat Zingano in Kansas City, in Invicta, uh, on the match, she's very proficient. On the feet, she's great. She also has the five round experience that like Myra Buena Silva doesn't have. She's been here before. She fought in the title fight against Manny Nunes. Uh, got the shit kicked out of her, but that's not why she didn't lose because of her cardio. You know, she's shown that ability to go five rounds. Um, yeah, man, I'm going to go and take Raquel Pennington to get it done and finally become UFC champion. You know, she's had a long journey and even, dude, like throughout her win streak, you and I have kind of commented, been like, you know, Raquel Pink, she'll probably never get there, but, you know, another good win for her. I mean, this is undefeated for four years now at this point. Five wins in a row, um, six of her last seven. I mean, she's looked very, very good. And that and that Aston Ladd win back in, in 273 was a banger of a fight, man. The win over Caitlin Vieira was impressive. Uh, I don't know if she'll get it done, and I, I this fight doesn't have a whole lot of heat on it. But I'm I'm gonna go and take Rock and get it done, and finally, after a decade in the UFC, finally become champion. So, and we'll, we'll see what happens from there, man. It seems like Juliana Pena is gonna get the next title shot. Whether or not you like Juliana Pena or you hate her, I think at the very least she tries to build fights and tries to make you know tries to get people more intrigued by him. So at the very least, you know that's something. Um, but yeah, you and I split on the first two fights. How about that? And uh, we're gonna go ahead and move on down. I don't think we're gonna be split on this one. Um, Canada's Mike Malott seems to be the real deal, Holyfield. 32 years young, 10-1-1, has been dominant in his UFC career thus far, taking on Neil Magny. Neil Magny, we know the story here, a longtime veteran, the Haitian, the Haitian sensation, a future UFC Hall of Famer, the most wins in welterweight history, holds a shit ton of those uh, volume stats. Um, he, you know... He is old now, though, unfortunately. 36 years old, coming off of a brutal, brutal loss in the hands of Ian Machado Gary in August, where he just got, I mean, that was one of the most lopsided fights in UFC history. Um, back facing another prospect. Who you got here, man? Mike Milan or Neil Magny? And you are on mute, in case you did not know. I mean, we, we, we see we see this setup, Josh. We see what they're trying to do. Yeah. They, they they want Mike Malott to win here. You know they want they want him to take out this established vet in in Neil Magny and in Canada. Like, what else could you want, right? Like, you have to capitalize on this moment. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they put him on the main card. Like, they put him on the main card in a big position because they know fully well that that's exactly, you know, they know what's going to happen here. You know, so, um, anyways, man, I I, I think Mike Mullot is going to get the win here. I mean, could Neil Magny post some issues, especially in the grappling department, potentially? That is possible. That is possible. Um at the same time, though, man, I mean, I think this is going to be a statement performance by Mike Mallott. He's 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 at 32. He's at that point now where if he's going to go and make a run at it, he's got to go. And I think he's going to on Saturday and, and beat an all-time, you know, a long-time veteran, excuse me, in the form of Neil Magny. Um, there's a couple of Canadians littered throughout this one. Another one in the next fight, uh, you know, coming out of Quebec. We got Mark andre Burial riding a two-fight winning streak. Long-time veteran, but he seems to finally have... Uh, found his right, uh, finally gotten on the right track, excuse me, taking on the action man, Chris Curtis, one of the most entertaining guys in the UFC. I feel pretty confident saying that. Uh, He has not had a fight since he's joined in 2021. That has not been super fucking exciting. Uh, He is running a two-fight on, on, uh, you know, not losing streak, but I guess, uh, you know, he's got no wins in his last two. Uh, No contest with Nasruddin Imabov and a decision loss to Kelvin Gaslam, although that fight was pretty close. Uh, who do you got in this one up at middleweight? Look, I, I need to say this right now because I think a lot of people are probably going to go Chris Curtis, but I do think Mark Andre Burial has a path to victory here against uh, Chris Curtis. Um, I do not want to write off the Canadian. He guy's dog. He has power. He's capable of finishing fights. Uh, but look, I, I still think Chris Curtis is going to get it done, though. I think he's still going to be mm. able to get a get a good decision here. I don't think he'll finish Mark Andre Barrel. I mean, it's, it's possible, but I, I don't think it'll end up happening, especially not in Canada. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually gone back and forth on this one a lot. Mark Andre Barrel is not a guy that I think is very interesting to watch. I don't think he's particularly good. I don't think he'll win the title. I don't even think he'll be ranked. But at the end of the day, he's a tricky style for whatever reason for a lot of guys. And I think he fights, he, he brings guys down to his own pace. There's not, he's very hard. You never really see anybody dominate him. You know what I mean? There's never too many times you see Mark Andre very old facing somebody, whether it be, you know, uh, fucking Julian Marquez or, or fucking Eric Anders, whoever it may be. He never looks out of his element. You know what I mean? Um, since he came to the UFC when he had a bunch of really terrible fights, he, you know, lost four fights in a row that he didn't win. Um, he seems to have put it together. That being said, I'm still going to go with the action, man. I'm biased. I love the guy. Um, so I'm going to go and take Chris Curtis, man. Very, very biased, though, I have to admit. It's a very biased pick. I think a marker on Jabari Old, if I'm, make, if I'm picking with my brain, not my heart, probably wins this fight, especially in Canada. But regardless. <laughs> I'm just being honest, bro. I love I loved Curtis. And part of the reason, too, is Chris Curtis, man, he just wins fights he's not supposed to. So that's a big part of it, too. Uh, like that Brendan Allen win just – aging phenomenally, you know what I mean? Um, and he has a couple of those, so we'll see. Uh, opening up the main card is a featherweight banger. In my opinion, beyond the main event, this is the fight I'm most excited for. Arnold Allen, we last saw him in Kansas City, dropping a close decision loss to Max Holloway, 19-2, and taking on the undefeated Malsvar Iloev, uh, 17-0, last defeated our boy Diego Lopez in May in the fight of the night at UC 288. This is uh, by far the biggest test of his career, though. I mean, he's 17 and 0, but beyond, you know, he's beat, you know, what's what's his biggest win outside of that? Dan Ige, you know. So this is a big opportunity for him to prove himself as well. Who do you got in this one? Look, Josh, for me, I think this is Mozart Ivilev's coming out party to be in Canada. I think he's gonna get the same and win, dude. I I've been talking about this guy for a while now, off and on to you. I will never forget, dude. Back in 2019, like right as we were starting the podcast. And even in 2020, I saw so many M1, like, highlight videos from Movazar. I mm-hmm. think he's going to do it. I, I feel bad for Arnold Allen because I think he's going to get set back again on this one. Because, look, that Max Holloway fight was going to be the one to set him right there for the title shot. Ended up setting him back a little bit because they still gave him, I think, uh, I mean, Movazar is not that far of a setback. But if he loses, he's going to be in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. Uh for Mozart, though, I think finally he will he will get his moment. Seven fights deep at TFC, seven fights undefeated. Granted, though, I will say he's having the Arnold Allen issue, no finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we remember at one point in time that was an issue with Arnold Allen. He had no finishes in the UFC outside of 
well, there was there there was two, but he was having for a while there he was having a conversation with his decision after decision after decision. Finally, he got one against Dan Hooker, but Dan Hooker going down at one uh, one forty five was obviously not a good choice, and the Calvin Cater injury was kind of a setback too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, man. I mean, this really can be his coming out party. Like I said, he's he's undefeated. He seems to have a big name. It seems like everybody's kind of in agreement that, like, okay, this guy, he's he's the future, you know? But I don't know, man. I don't know. There's just – there's something about my, my dumb primate brain that's just going to make me pick Arnold Allen this weekend, man. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, I'm going to take Arnold Allen, man, for the upset. I, I think he's much better than people are giving him a shot in this fight. I mean, I can pull up the betting odds right now. But last time I saw, he was a pretty, like, you know, a pretty big underdog, man. Um I do think these fight odds should be near even, though. I think this is, this is a hard fight. It's a hard fight. Yeah, so... It's gonna, to... I think, in my opinion, and I'm cutting you off here, I no, think you're, you're yeah. as far as, like, quality of fighter and, like, complexity of fight and strategy and all that, I think Sean Strickland, Drinkus, Simplicity, Arnold Allen, Moser are, like, top two by far. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. According to BetMGM, not sponsored, not sponsored, just giving, just giving the line. God uh, damn it, Josh. You didn't have to say a name. I know, I know, but I just want I just want people to know where it's coming from, you know. Arnold Allen. They want to bet, right? That's kidding. <laughs> yeah, Arnold Allen is a plus one sixty. Uh, Malzahar is a minus one ninety. So almost a two to one favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go and take Arnold Allen, man. I think on different odds, by the way. I saw him plus one thirty five Arnold, and then minus one sixty five uh, Malzahar. Which I mean, it's still it's getting not, tighter then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well that makes more sense. Then. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think Arnold Allen, he's a fucking just a clinical striker on the feet, man. Uh, I think he's going to find the opening. I don't think he'll get a finish, but I think he will go ahead and get a decision win. I, I just I haven't been that impressive thus far. I have to be honest. And a bit of it is probably just the competition, right? Um, but I don't know, man. There's just, there's just something about Arnold Allen, man. Ever since his you know fight, even way back in the day when he fought at, oh, I want to say, like, fucking Mads Burnell, I've been impressed with him, man. So he's he's the real deal, and I'm going to go ahead and take Arnold Allen to get the upset win on Saturday. But like, like you said, this fight should be damn near even, man. I mean, Malzahar is undefeated for a reason. He seems to be the future, just hasn't faced a guy as little of Arnold Allen. Very excited to see it, though. Um, in terms of UC 297, this card... Uh, the prelims, you know, they're okay. Uh, <laughs> what fights do you most want to talk about from the prelims? Dude, you gotta talk about Charles Air Jordan! Jordan! <laughs> exactly. Exactly, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, Charles Jordan, uh, reminds me of, what's his name? From Frenchie from The Boys. Uh, you guys yes. have seen The Boys? Yes. Looks like a fucking stunt double, it doesn't it? Throw him in, dude. I, I, this guy's twenty eight. Yeah, I mean he's yeah he's been around like longer than people expect. You know, not expect, but remember. By the way, I'm so happy we are not predicting this fight because Sean Woodson is game as fuck. Oh, one hundred percent, dude. Yeah, fuck that. Sean, this is a hard fight to predict. It really is, dude. Sean Woodson, because I think like man, Sean Woodson. You know, maybe he he hasn't really beaten too many great guys, but just the fact that he's a fucking six two featherweight with a fucking eighty inch reach, like that, that gives him a shot against anybody. You know, I will say he should have lost to Luis Aldana, but Luis Aldana fucked up with the illegal strike. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did, man. Um, gonna be an interesting fight. Should be a banger. That one is absolutely. In the running for fight of the night, uh, that's what I expect. Probably win fight of the night potentially. Like, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm really excited for the return of Brad Katona, man. I'm really excited to see him back. I mean, 13 and two. I thought it was bullshit that he got cut back in the day, back in 2019, um, after going two and two. And those two, I mean, Marab Dwalashvili and Hunter Azure, dude, you could do a lot worse than losing those fucking guys, man. So uh, I'm happy that he's back. Taking on Garrett Armfield, I think that's a good matchup for Brad Katona too. Um, Serhei Saidi taking on Roman Tavares. These two fought like six months ago in the Contender Series. Um, I believe uh, Saidi missed weight for that one, and they were just like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna run it back, man." Uh, so um, should be fun. Um, should be. Fun, I think there were some other issues there. I think there were some issues with the stoppage. I'm, yeah, I'm it could, yeah, it could be that. Yeah, because. Um, yeah, definitely odd that they booked him this quickly, though, nonetheless. 
But uh, anyways, I mean, excited to see Jillian Robertson back, the savage Canada's finest uh, coming back. Excited to see her taking on Poliana Viana. Um, and then in terms of the, the prelims, man, I mean, Jasmine Jazdavicius, a prospect down in women's flyweight, another uh, young prospect. I mean, she's not that young. She's like 32, I want to say. But uh, taking on Priscilla Cachoeira, zombie girl, uh, should be a fun one. Um, yeah, man. And then Malcolm Gordon, Jimmy Fleck, a banger down in flyweight. Just, just a couple of other fights to highlight, man. Any closing thoughts before we move on? No, man, I'm excited. I am sad this fight did lose Carlos Olberg versus Dom Reyes. Uh, I think it was going to be a big time for big time fight for Olberg. Also, a big opportunity for Reyes as well. Uh, you know, but I know that we'll reschedule it, so I'm not worried. But definitely, definitely disappointed to miss out on that. We also lost Blahovich, dude. This is supposed to have Blahovich Rocket on too. Mm-hmm. Correct. This card took a lot of big hits. Um. I'm unlike you. Uh, I I don't care that we lost Tom Reyes, <laughs> Carlos Olberg. Uh, I'm actually really happy that fight got canceled. I hope they cancel it again. Um, uh, because goddamn, I, I want Dom Reyes. Just let fucking let him fight me at this point. Give him an easy one, you know. Jesus Christ. How, um, how much would you need to fight Dom Reyes? Uh, the number is lower than than you'd think. It's like I'd I'd probably fight Dom. What do they start at ten and ten? Yeah. Fuck it, dude. I'll take it. To I'll fight Dom grand. to get knocked out by Dom Reyes because I mean that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I'll get knocked out by dude. I, I'm going in there and I'm tapping the mat instantly. I'm fucking fight starts. I'm instantly dropping, curling down the ball and just fucking tapping, bro. Like it's over. Um. <laughs> but anyways, that's uh that that's all I gotta say, man. This card should be a fun one. Excited to see it. Um, yeah, man. That being said, we do have more news to go over, including the announcement, Angel. We, we, we've been talking about it for a while. Um, we'll, we'll lead off with this. The PFL and Bellator, PFL versus Bellator champs is going down February 24th from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Uh, dude, this card is an absolute banger. I, I gotta give props where it's due. Uh, Henan Ferreira take on Ryan Bayer. Uh, Impa Kasinge taking on Johnny Ebeland. Jesus Pinedo taking on Patricio Pitbull. Uh, Magomed Magomed Kermont taking on Jason Jackson. Bruno Capoloza taking on Vadim Nemkov. No longer the Bellator Light Heavyweight Champion. He vacated the title. Tiago Santos taking on Yo Romero. Clay Collard, AJ McKee. Guys like Aaron Pico on it. Biagio Ali Walsh on it. Clister Shields on it as well. Um, There's going to be a $50 pay-per-view event going down on the 24th. What do you make of it, man? I was going down the same day of UC Mexico. Is this uh, a pay-per-view caliber card in your opinion? If we're if we're being honest, Josh, let's be honest with yourself. If you took yeah. PFL and Bellator and made it UFC, I think I think that is worth your money. Yeah. It's the only reason people won't value it at that is because it's PFL X Bellator or now PFL or whatever you fucking want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think it is a pay-per-view quality card. I'm gonna be honest. But the issue is it's the promoter hasn't reached that level which people are going to probably be willing to pay that price. Mm-hmm. Granted, I will give them credit. It is cheaper than a UFC pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why like, I give it more of a uh, a break. Um, yeah, man. I Yeah. I think I'm somewhere in the middle on this, right? Like, I think this is an excellent card. I also don't think they should put it on pay-per-view at all. I understand why they will. Um, and they probably want to return on their investment in pay-per-view. Like, pay-per-view, even if you fail, even if they only get, like, 100,000 buys, which, from my understanding, is, like, the break-even. But you don't have to do crazy numbers, and it's still more profitable than just streaming on ESPN or whatever. So I kind of get it, but at the same time, um, yeah, I mean, it is a, this is an excellent card. If, like you said, if you took PFL and Belt or put them together, this is a, this is the card that you're going to get, man. It does not get much better than this. Granted, we're not getting names like Frank Singano. We're not getting Jake Paul. We're not getting some of these other big names that we've heard of uh, that are going to fight for the PFL. Apparently, that's going to happen in November. That's their second pay-per-view card slated for this year. And that's when you'll see, I guess, guys like Ngannou and Paul fighting. Um, so that should be fun. But, uh, yeah, look, this card is excellent, in my opinion. A lot of these matchups, like, I understand, like, people were, like, joking, like, oh, fuck, Ryan Bader in the main event, blah, 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 you know, but, like, 
Ryan Bader, Hennon Ferreira is a fucking banger fight, man. Problema is a fucking problem. I mean, it's it's his name, for God's sakes, man. I mean, he's a 6'8 heavyweight with fucking insane power. So, i uh, excited to see that one, man. Um, I think, dude, Aaron Pico versus Gabriel Braga? Fuck off, you know? Like, that's, that's straight up violence, my man. Um, so, yeah, very excited to see that one. And then just the entire card. I mean, Tiago Santos, Yo Romero, they're gonna, those two are gonna stare at each other for like 14 minutes. But that last minute is gonna be electric, you know? Like, <laughs> um, anyways, man, that's, that's all I got on this one. Should be a banger of a card. Excited to see it. And, and I'm kinda, we're gonna move around our list right now. Uh, this, this fight card is going down on February 24th. A week after this was supposed to be the UC's trip to Saudi Arabia. However, that card has actually been moved. Saudi Arabia reportedly uh, said, hey, if you're coming here, you need to have a better fucking card than that. So the UFC's card will now be going down in March. Not March. It will be moved from March to June in Saudi Arabia. What do you make about that news, Daniel? I'm surprised. They they, they said that yeah, you said that they weren't satisfied. Yeah. And that card, uh, I believe, does not have a main event right now. But of what has been reported, the fights reported for that one, Muhammad Makai versus Alex Perez, Eric Andrews versus Jamie Pickett, Ludwig Klein versus Joel Alvarez, Rosa Rosenstrike versus Shamil Gazayev, and uh, a couple other ones as well, but no big names. So the Saudi Did you say got moved to again? Vegas. It's an Apex. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is, you know, disappointing. Um, <laughs> so... You know, I would have preferred Saudi Arabia. They don't have a whole lot of life in their fight cards either. Uh, you thought it was fucking Jamal Khashoggi out there, but yeah, there's, there's no life in Saudi Arabia. But yeah, there's even less in, in Las Vegas at the apex. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, man. Just, just, uh, definitely interesting to have these two fight cards. The PFO literally announced their card the same day that the UFC moved their Saudi Arabia card. So pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Um, nonetheless, man. We do have some good UFC news. It is that Max Holloway versus Justin Gaethje and Jim Miller versus Bobby Green have been added to UFC 300 in April. We've been waiting for some big matchups, been waiting for some big fight announcements. We finally fucking got them, dude. What do you make about these two fights? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it you're, you're a pretty big fan. Oh, dude, yeah, this is this is a massive W. Like, if they're if, if if fucking the UFC had to whip out their cock and put it on the table, they finally did it. Yeah, for real, they took out their balls, just sat them right on the table. You know, <laughs> they they like they really did. Like, I know we're using that figure of speech, but uh, this is no exaggeration. Like, this fight is huge, dude. And and please make a clip out of this. But <laughs> this this Justin Gaethje Max Holloway fight is big for both these guys because for one, for Max, it's like he gets the opportunity to kind of. Throw himself right potentially into the 155 picture, Josh. Mm-hmm. Like right there for the title potentially too. Uh, at the same time, though, this fight does worry me because Justin Gaethje is the man across from. You know, we we saw Justin break one man before in in uh, Tony Ferguson, a long time vet. Who knows? Maybe he could do that again to Max Holloway, a long time vet as well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, without getting a lot into the fight specifics. And I mean, look. For Max, I mean, he's he's fought a lot of these guys, man. Even some of these guys are now 155ers. You know, Connor, Dustin, now Justin. I mean, mm. holy fuck, like, <laughs> this shit is awesome. And for, and for and like for Justin, another another potentially another name, you know, in his cap. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's you know, Justin said he didn't want this fight at first, and I really didn't think that UC were going to book it, but like. It's kind of a win-win for everybody involved, dude. I mean, Justin gets another Hall of Famer on his resume. He adds to the case for a title shot, because let's be honest here. I know he wants a title shot after every win, but it's just not going to happen, man. Um, <laughs> it's just not. Uh, and it shouldn't happen, to be clear. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, I'm very excited for this fight. And if he does win, yeah, give him a title shot. I mean, at that point, I'd have no issues. I mean, Fazeev, Poirier, you know, Holloway, you could do a lot worse than that, man. Um See, so yeah, I mean, banger of a fight. People, and, and by the way, I'm already seeing it. Can, will Max Holloway potentially lose this fight? Yeah. Do I think he'll lose this fight? I'd actually probably pick Justin Gage, even though I'm a big Max fan. 
people are using the clips of like that Dustin Poirier fight when I know they didn't fucking watch it, you know? Like they're like, oh, dude, last time Max fought it lightweight, he got, you know, he got destroyed by Dustin Poirier. It's like, man, that fight was a competitive 48-47 when some people thought Max won. So it's like a lot of a lot of people have just seen fucking clips of that fight on Twitter and they haven't actually watched the thing. Um, Max at 155 is is a real dog and still has a lot of the great attributes that make him great at 145. So very excited to see it. And obviously, we already talked about Jim Miller, Bobby Green briefly. It's the right fight for both guys. Um, but yeah, man, very excited to see it. And man, if Max Holloway can beat Justin Gaethje, like you said, he's right there at 155, man. And for a guy that's had a bunch of issues because he's locked out of the title picture at 145, this is the fight he needed. And he gets the BMF title. So that's, uh, that's a fun constellation prize, too. But, uh, yeah, man, last, this is, this is actually going to be the last bit of the news, unless you have anything to add, man. Fight of retirements and MMA, they're just, they're just not a real thing. <laughs> Mark Hunt, the Super Samoan Mark Hunt, retired following a knockout win in the boxing ring, handed Sonny Bill Williams his first career loss in the boxing ring, actually. Um, he retired over a year later. He's back. He said he wants to fight. Not only does he want to fight, he wants to fight in BKFC. So, Angel, as a, as a longtime fan of Mark Hunt, give, give me your thoughts. You want to see him return to fighting. What do you think about a potential return to BKFC? God, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, love, I, I love me Mark Hunt, man, but I don't think it's a good idea. But if he wants to do it, man, hey, he's his own man. He do whatever he wants. But let me say, Josh, if, if these retirements aren't real, then why the fuck is the main of UC 300 now Brock Lesnar versus Fader Emiliaco? <laughs> the last ever never die. Oh! Oh! Oh, man. Um, Imagine somehow they made that for 300. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, look. I still I don't think Brock's gonna be added. I I I, oh, I no, was on I that. By the way, would you pay out of pocket for that? Would you if Brock and Fedor got announced as the main event? Would you watch that? Fuck yeah! What do you mean? I'm fucking like would dude, you would you, have, would you pay fuck? for that? Dude, would you pay for that? Is really what I'm saying. Would yeah, you pay, pay for it? I'll, would you I'll finally pay for it? Pay for it? Yeah, I'll pay for it. I'll pay. Instead of, I'll going, pay instead for of it. going to your Buffalo Wild Wings, you would pay for it finally. I would pay for it. I would pay for it instead of going to my local Buffalo Wild Wings. I would. I would. I paid for. Hey, I paid for UFC 200 whenever he fought. I, I bought that card. So, no, granted, that was, you know, $50 less, you know, back in 2016. So, uh, definitely, I remember they sold that shit. They sold standard definition for like $49.99 and high def for $55. Could you, could you imagine? Could you imagine <laughs> having that today? God, uh, I wish, dude, splitting the card 25-25. Oh, my God. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Well, they, but then how will Dana afford another yacht if we <laughs> – Right. If we don't attack on another forty dollars, well, that's uh, why he needs to make Fedor versus Brock Lesnar, Josh. Exactly, you're right. You're right. I mean, jokes aside, I really did think that Brock was going to come back. I really did. I thought, you know, the timing worked out perfectly. He had an open schedule, you know, no big attraction, and he still might. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, wait I wonder and if see, they attempted. But... I wonder if they attempted at all. That's something. I mean, I doubt we'll ever know. But I hope someone asked Dana at the press conference. Dana, was there? Who were other matchups you looked for? Like, I really hope someone asked a question along the lines of that. Like, yeah. who else were you guys looking at? Was Brock ever really an option? Because I, I genuinely want to know. I need to know if the nine-time WWE Heavyweight Champion, three-time <laughs> WWE Universal Champion, was going to be the then Two-time Royal Rumble winner. <laughs> uh, I got to know. I got to know. Well, I mean, that's the problem. Is apparently they, they actually offered him a fight. They offered him Jim Miller, and he said no. So, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, um, I would love to see that. I'd love to know that if they actually did reach out to him or Ronda or fucking whoever it may be, you know. Because um, it looks like we're not going to get a big name. Now, that's what everybody said. Everybody, everybody was worried that they're not going to get the big attraction. It seems like that's going to be the case. It looks like this Holloway Gaethje fight is going to be the big attraction fight, you know. So, um, Wait, and the crazy thing is they're not even going to be the main event because Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad still not announced. That's correct. That's correct. They have not announced that fight. And, and we'll see. Man, if they really do run with Leon Bilal, holy shit, though. Oh, my God. I mean, God. The, card, the card as a whole is still very good, so I don't think that'll, that don't, I don't think that'll be the downfall. I agree um, with you. I unless, with you. unless, I mean, but they could, it'd be so fucked up because do you think there's a world where they put Max 
just in main event and then those guys as co-main? I don't think you can do that. I think it's possible. I don't. I. I don't think they would. But like, I mean, they had. Uh, they have. They have bigger names do non-title stuff over. Like two not like oh they had they've had Connor do it you know and they were, they did have Brock do it Brock didn't main event UFC 200 but he was still above uh who was it I guess DC Silva wasn't a title fight but he was still above Aldo Edgar too oh. so they they they've done some weird shit like that before I wouldn't be surprised to see him do it again and plus like Max Holloway just engaged you they have the BMS title on the line they've shown that they'll treat that like an actual thing so it wouldn't be that weird to me but uh it'd still be kind of disrespectful you know. But also, they don't really give a shit about actual champions or anything like that. So who knows? I mean, maybe maybe they'll do it. Who knows? I'm curious to see what the fight order is on the night of, or weeks out, I guess, really, or months out, or whatever. Yeah. Finally, now. Yeah, yeah, and we're really we're really close too, man. I mean, we're we're less than three months away. We're less than three months away. So, yeah, man, excited to see you go down. Excited to see you go down. Uh, any closing thoughts on this uh, subject or anything else you want to add before we went and head out? Nah, man. Like I say every week, I'm just excited to come back next week, talk about the fights, preview the next card, review the previous card, and obviously see you this weekend, man. It's always fun watching fights with you uh, live and all the boys. I think, uh, I mean, honestly, it's it's the best time of the year. Every pay-per-view is it's an absolute yeah. blast. And this honestly, the start of this year for us is going to be fucking amazing because of the quality of fights we'll be getting. Mm-hmm. 100%, dude. 100%. Um, it's, it's only, like last year, we talked about this a little bit in the green room. Last year was a rough one. You know, th- this is a rough card. Not a rough card, but kind of a rough start to the year, you know. Um, but not not this time around, man. Not this time around. Like, we went through, like, every other pay-per-view card. If it wasn't a pay-per-view, it was an Apex card. And a lot of those cards, even some of those pay-per-views last year were rough. But, look, man, we're starting it off strong with 297, that main event. Even if you don't like the rest of the card, there's a lot of other good fights. Two nine, Like, 298. Incredible 299, incredible. Then you see 300 in April. And uh, happy to have you guys along with us for the ride, man. 1,300 subscribers. Uh, let's see if we can finish them up with fucking 1,400. Sure we won't, but, you know, hey, dare to dream. You know. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you know, we'll keep on rising and hope you guys stick along with us, man. I'm at Josh Noah on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore 01 at Courtside Sound for all things relating to the show. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs>